This episode of CBO Speaks is brought to you by Kaufman Hall. Learn about their strategic and financial consulting services and Axiom planning software by visiting kaufmanhall.com forward slash higher education. Welcome to CBO Speaks, a podcast from the National Association of College and University Business Officers. I'm President and CEO John Walda, and I'd like to thank you for tuning in today. Our mission with this podcast is for you to gain greater insight into the challenges and rewards of the Chief Business Officer role. Find out more from today's episode at www.nakubo.org. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to CBO Speaks. Thanks so much for being here today. My name is Megan Strand, your host, and I am thrilled to be joined today by Kelly Fox, Senior Vice Chancellor and Chief Financial Officer at the University of Colorado Boulder. Welcome, Kelly. Thank you. I'm really happy to be here. Well, to get us started today, I was hoping you could talk about how you came to higher education as a profession. How did I come to higher ed as a profession? That's a good question. I I didn't take the uh, graduate from college and go directly into it path. I, I had a little more varied path. I went to graduate school and in graduate school um, got an internship at an organization called the National Conference of State Legislatures, which really focused on uh, public policy. So I started my career at a very high level public policy arena and from there uh, went to um, the governor's office. And while I was in the governor's office, uh, the budget office, I, uh, I was assigned higher education as one of the areas that I uh, oversaw. Mm. And uh, from there, uh, took a job in higher ed. So it kind of was a not originally planned, but got there via several different jobs. And when was that that you, you entered higher ed? I took my first job in higher ed in 2001. And what Late would, 2001. Late 2001. And what would you say was the biggest contrast for you coming from the public sector into higher education? Uh, I think it's, you know, shared governance and really deeply understanding what that means and understanding the amount of uh, uh, conversation that you need to have before moving something forward. I've, I've grown to love it, but when I first started in higher ed, it was, um, I used to like to say that uh, my job in higher ed was more political than the job I had in the governor's office. <laughs> <laughs> Anything, thinking back on that time and that transition, anything outside of, you know, what you've just referred to in terms of governance, anything else you wish that you knew, but you didn't when you were just starting out in higher ed? Well, there's so much, honestly. I mean, I I, I think when you uh, start at a very big public policy place, there are things that you know that aren't in the details. And so it's like marrying the the details with the big picture, and that has really been really where I have strived strive to take my career is to understand those details and then tie it into the big picture. So I feel like having the big picture has really uh, been an advantage that I have and a perspective that I bring that is unique, but it's a disadvantage if I don't take the time to really understand kind of the genesis of where we got to where we are. As you look at others that are maybe making their way toward a CBO role, is that something you see people struggle with or is that something you think is pretty intuitive to the people who are gravitating toward this role? I think the big picture element of the job is sometimes a challenge. So the 
I, I, I see folks coming in who do have deep kind of financial background, uh, maybe came from the final financial services sector or, you know, something that was the private sector that was really financial strength, um, not understanding the, so I'm at a public university. And so per, in particular, understanding the, um, what's going on around you and what the state is looking at and being um, aware of that and being sure that you're aligning yourself to the direction the state's going is uh, something that I think if you haven't had to spend time in your career thinking about it, doesn't necessarily come naturally. How would you advise someone who's, you know, maybe has their, their sights set on a CBO role to get that bigger picture? I mean, how, how would you advise them to kind of start forming that for themselves? I, I would start just by paying attention to it, you know, reading the newspaper, following what's happening in the legislature, following what the governor's talking about, seeing what some of the governing boards and the um, governing entities are talking about. So we have a commission on higher education. We have a governing board. All of those are bodies that are thinking about and talking about bigger picture things than just the details of how you run finances. So with your governmental background, that was obviously something that probably came pretty naturally to you. Do you feel like your connections in government help you helped you with that? Or was it really just kind of everything that you just said in terms of paying attention to the newspaper and, and what's happening on a state level? So when I was at the government level, I was um, very low ranking as <laughs> <was> an analyst. <laughs> so I didn't really have a lot of connections. <laughs> but I... Uh, but I developed this policy mindset, and I had some really great uh, leaders that I worked for who really challenged me to think about what I was writing up, uh, making sure that I had thought through any analysis that I was doing or any recommendation that I was making, that it was grounded in a lot of data. And I think I was fortunate, because I'm not sure everybody has that experience, but I had that experience, and that has grounded my entire career taking that approach. Amazing. And I'm sure that's something that you can share with your staff and people that you come into contact with as well, kind of providing that context also. I think everyone who works for me knows that I value data and data-driven decision-making and data-informed decision-making uh, highly. And we invest in providing tools to make that easier and more enlightened. Well, let's switch gears a little bit and talk about your current role. What would you say is most exciting about your job today? Oh, there's a lot of things. I, I actually think it's my team. I, uh, I have a lot of people who love the university and who are excited about where the university is going and who will explore interesting ideas with me in a, a pretty open way. So we're, we're able to, I think, move the needle on, on thinking about how we approach things because of those relationships and this expertise and this commitment to the university. And it just, it rejuvenates me. It's like, keeps me going every day. What do you look for in new team members? What's important to you? Uh, there's, there's quite a few things. Probably at the core, you know, is um, trust. So I am looking for a high trust team, people who um, are comfortable speaking their mind and then listening to others and then working to, you know, where are we going to go forward and agreeing that if we disagree, we're going to all leave the room and still go the path that we're going on, not undermine it. I'm looking for people who have a vision, who can really envision how 
how we can do things better and how we can serve better both faculty and staff and students. I mean, it's like the whole pack, package of, of who we're serving. I think that's probably the, the two main things that I'm looking for. Let's talk for a minute about mentorship. Can you think of anyone who served as a mentor to you as you were climbing the ranks towards CBO? Sure. I, I can think of several people who have served in mentor roles. And um, I've been fortunate. I, You know, I... It's only in this last year or year and a half that I've started thinking about it specifically in the lens of mentoring. I don't know that when I was going through it, I thought, oh, here's my mentor. I'm going to call them. <laughs> but as I've been reflecting on my career and things that um, I would like to give back, I'm realizing, oh, I, I was really fortunate. I had quite a few people in my life who were mentors. And it took the form of generally people that were willing to take my call and let me bounce ideas off of them and then explore it further. And then we're there to challenge me to think differently. And then also challenge me to go for the job that seemed like a big stretch and um, not be afraid of doing that. I also had some folks that encouraged me when I took a scary step of kind of taking what would on paper appear to be a step backwards. Mm -hmm. Uh, I went from a director level to an assistant director position as I changed universities. But I credit that decision with really giving me a broader base of knowledge, greater experience, and I don't believe I would be where I am today if I had not taken that step. And so I, you know, it's having people around you who are who are supporting you and uh, and being there for you. Can you talk a little bit more about that um, director to assistant director jump and just ex- describe the circumstance and what it was you think you learned by taking that? what seemed like a demotion, but ended up not being? Sure. I, um, I, was, at, I was at the director level at the system office at, at the university, and I really felt like I was going just about an inch deep on subjects. You know, there was only so much that I was really able to get into. There did not appear to be, in the near term, any opportunities for, for upward mobility. So it was really all about how I defined the current job that I was in. And I was just interested in making a difference, taking on meaningful questions and problems and trying to help, help improve whatever the situation was. And an opportunity came up at another university to, to take on an assistant director role that wasn't quite as well-defined, but it was, um, it was more broad it was a one-man show, so there was nobody reporting to me at that time when I first took it. But what that meant was that I was kind of the catch-all, <laughs> and I, I got to dig into lots of interesting things, including um, IT. I really got to know what it was like to uh, be involved in a major ERP implementation, which... Um, has also served me well. I don't think, had I not had that experience, I don't think I would understand how to address future implementations and the questions to ask and the things to look out for. So it was, uh, it was, yeah, that, I guess that's the best description of, of it. It was going from one thing that felt like there was nothing, nothing more the job was going to offer me in terms of interesting hard questions to solve and value to provide to an, an experience where it was just plentiful. There were just everyday new things that were coming forward that just needed a set of hands on them. And where did you go from the assistant director role? 
Um, I then went to, uh, I was promoted within the, that organization to a director role, and then I moved into an assistant vice president role. And so that would be one of those times where I was encouraged to take a pretty big step. And I wasn't sure, you know, am I ready for that? And and I was pleased that I did, because from there I was able to then move into the, the vice president role, an interim vice president role. Flipping that equation around a little bit, how do you feel that you work to support others as, as a mentor, whether it's something formal or, like you said, more more just, you know, providing that sounding board to people? Yeah, I've, I've really recently tried to be much more intentional about it, and I still maybe don't call it out as the, uh, that I'm in a mentoring role to somebody, but... Mm-hmm. But I do think about um, asking intentional questions about where do you want your career to take you? Where do you see yourself going? What types of things, you know, can we provide in terms of, so I think of it in, a, a lot in terms of the folks that are in my organizational area, you know, what opportunities could I provide if maybe it's not a straight line, you know, ascension that they're looking for, but they have a lot of variety of experiences they're wanting to get exposed to. And I, I try to be intentional about offering thoughts about how they could engage in, in different ways. And then as you think of future CBOs, is, are there certain qualities that you see in staff, whether it's somebody on your team or somewhere else throughout the university system that you can kind of pinpoint and say, wow, that person would be a great CBO? And if so, what are those characteristics? There are a lot of people on our campus who are thinking about the whole. So they're not just... Mm. Um, thinking about their one area. And I think that's a key characteristic of being a CBO is that you can't just think about the finances. You have to understand how IT, HR, the facilities, you know, how does that all come together as a package? And you have to understand the implications, not just of a financial decision, but of a policy decision, of a of a direction that you're heading in general. You know, you just need to have a vision. You need to have an understanding of, of what are the implications to to what you're doing. And, and there are people on my team who, who think about that big picture a lot. They think about how can we partner with faculty to better learn from some of the research they're doing to that could then apply to how we do things administratively. And uh, I think also being a, a willing to sit down and listen to those viewpoints that are, you know, maybe angry at times because not every decision that you make will be a popular decision. And I, I see many of my team members being able to sit down, kind of own the decision, but at the same time understand kind of empathy is the word I'm thinking of, the, what that decision has meant, the implications of it. Does that mean we need to adjust a decision a little bit or completely revisit the decision? Or does it just need, mean we need to help support somebody through to the other side of that decision? And I see quite a few people on my team that, that represent that. And they don't necessarily just come from the finance background. So I'm not sure I think um, a CBO has to be somebody with a finance background. Kelly, what are you doing now as a CBO that you never imagined you'd be doing 10 or 20 years ago? Oh, lots of things. <laughs> uh, probably uh, the, the biggest thing that I have Recently, it's like an epiphany, I guess, that I've had is around culture change. And that sounds that sounds really cliche, that culture change is hard. But I spend a ton of my time thinking about how can we support the organization to move in a new direction around how we make decisions, how we serve, 
everyone, faculty, staff, students, and uh, everyone is well-intentioned and everyone is trying to make that, that change or that evolution that we're looking to make. Uh, and yet at the same time, we find ourselves getting stuck on, oh, this is how we've always done it. So this is, this is why we can't make this kind of change. We, you know, we get stuck in ourselves. And, and so having vigilant attention to that, I would never have thought as a CBO that that would be something I spend the majority of my time thinking about, <laughs> but it is. And is that something you see as just by necessity, CBO taking a leadership role on? I think so. Um, I think we bring a unique perspective that allows for a focus on that, uh, allows me to think not just about my team, but partnering with a provost and thinking about, okay, so if we're evolving, how are we evolving to support you better and what you're trying to get done as a provost? And that maybe my role as CBO does have um, HR within my portfolio. And so I work very closely with our chief HR officer where you would typically find something like OD work happening, organizational development work, culture change, you know, that kind of focus. So if the CBO portfolio does not have that, I guess is what I'm saying. I don't, I don't know if that's why I f feel that I'm uh, so focused on that, but, uh, but I just see it as an impediment to moving to where we are if we don't evolve our culture and, and create what I talk a lot about is creating a high trust organization, creating high trust relationships. If we have a trusting uh, relationship within our team, within the provost team, within the faculty, within students, uh, then we'll be able to accomplish a lot more. What would you say is the biggest challenge that faces all CBOs today? What is keeping all of you up at night? Well, I, I, so for me, it's this culture change. I, I feel <laughs> there is this, I, I guess I, I have young children, so I should also qualify that. So I look at my children and how they're learning and what they're learning in elementary school and the exposure they have to technology and a way of thinking that um, I don't, see us adapting to rapidly in um, our institution. And so uh, I, for all the way from service to, you know, just how we deliver our services. So I, I'm thinking of my team as well as the whole university. And, um, and I think if we do not find ways to evolve that um, more rapidly, you know, that we will, we will run the risk of being um, not as impactful as we are today. And on the flip side, what would you say is the biggest opportunity that faces all CBOs today? I think it's exactly that same thing. I mean, I actually <laughs> think it's two sides of the same coin, sure. right? I mean, the the big opportunity is, is to really do this work differently and to partner in a way that is different than than we have been traditionally. And there's been, I know, a lot of talk about, oh, the the provost and CBO relationship and how important that is, but... I think I'm focused and I'm fortunate that the provost at the at our university is also committed to these concepts. And so we, we see a vision of where we want to go, which is a very integrated model between our two teams with the entire university, that having that alignment may be unique. But because of that, I, I see great opportunity for us to come together and do things differently than we've been doing them. And is this something you think is unique to your institution or do you see pockets of this as, you know, role models throughout the field somewhere that you look to for inspiration? 
I think there are pockets happening throughout there. I um, I don't have as solid of an understanding of everyone's relationship with their provost, you know, but I do see where people are doing this type of work. And so I'm, I'm assuming that it's being built off of a foundation from um, a close relationship with, with their academic partners. And what do you think is most challenging about that model that you're trying to espouse right now? At the university, I, I think it goes back to this trust relationship and how do you, when there's a long history where for whatever reason, and I'm not sure I'm even clear because I haven't been here for, you know, 30 years, but, but there has been built up uh, mistrust. And so how do we move the needle away from that to a high trust organization um, that's transparent, that while people may not all agree with every decision, which they won't, <laughs> not looking for kind of an unrealistic place, but people will feel like they, they were heard, decisions were made, and we, we are moving forward with a positive uh, view towards the future. I, yeah, that to me is, um, is the biggest thing that we need to, uh, to work on. Thank you so much, Kelly, for your time today and for sharing just a few of your insights and reflections with us today. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. You can find out more about Kelly and today's episode by visiting the conferences and e-learning section of nakubo.org. Once you're there, click on podcasts. Also, make sure you subscribe to CBO Speaks and Apple Podcasts so that you'll get the latest episodes instantly. And on behalf of Kelly and myself, I'd like to thank you so much for joining us for this episode of CBO Speaks. This episode of CBO Speaks is brought to you by Kaufman Hall. Learn about their strategic and financial consulting services and Axiom planning software by visiting kaufmanhall.com forward slash higher education.